Hey there. Yo. Welcome to the podcast, The In-Between. We're uh, sitting here trying to figure out what all we, we have to talk about because it, it has been a while since we actually talked about Daniel. We took two weeks off to celebrate mothers and some of these women um, in the Bible that are uh, so often overlooked um, but are heroes um, to us, and we're excited to jump back into Daniel. Um, there's there's a number of reasons to be excited, though, because last week was the first week that we had people in the room with us. Actual, real-life people were in the room worshiping God with us. The live studio audience. The right. live studio audience. I will tell awesome. you, like... I went through all these different things in my brain. Like I, I needed to account for this and account for that and account for, and, and all of that, like setup wise and mm-hmm. make sure that all the um, stuff was done. But then actually like it, I, I don't know why I didn't, I didn't prepare myself for it. But as soon as I got up on my little stool and picked up my guitar and looked at everyone, cause we were about to start, I was right. like, Oh my gosh, there's actually people here. <laughs> yeah, Like it, it was, can- and it hit you. Like, it did. Oh, it like, totally did. I don't know. A couple minutes in, you had to even stop and say, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, this is resonating on a different level, just seeing people. It was it was weird because there was a sense in which it felt more normal. Like I just defaulted back to the way the sure. last eight years have been. Right. But then there was also this sudden moment when, oh, my gosh, this is this is very different looking out across the sea of people yeah. than the sea of empty chairs. And I don't, I don't know why I wasn't like ready for, I, I had prepared in so many other ways yeah. for it, but that, that moment, and I like kind of caught myself like, I got to like s- tell everybody that I'm glad that they're here. Yeah. Cause I'm glad that they're mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um, it was very genuine and all of that because it was, it kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I said this to Chris while it happened and I don't know if you could have noticed with your ears in, um, but because it was at a third capacity and we removed all those chairs and everything, oh, like uh-huh. the singing, listening to the congregational singing was so much louder. Really? And I, and I, and I guess like my only, again, you have less people yeah, than right. normal. So my guess is just because we removed all those fabric chairs, it wasn't absorbing sure. it. And there weren't more bodies absorbing in the sound and it was just bouncing around, but it really sounded even louder and more joyous to worship, even with those smaller numbers. So yeah, again, it was fantastic. just, it was fun. So fun. I will also say, um, so I think when it struck me is when I'm looking out in the audience, because when I teach, I mean, you guys know this, and some people know this, I'm checking in with people in the audience while I'm teaching. Well, when there's two or three people in the audience, and because when no one else is in there, we we tend to be working on stuff. Like Mm -hmm. there's stuff we need to take care of. There's not a crowd full of people. It's just, you know, behind the scenes. I'm, when you're up, I'm singing but I may be working on something or somebody else may, and y'all may be. So it was really hard to check in because sometimes you got to get up and leave the room or Mm -hmm. that's when it struck me when I realized, Oh gosh, like there's people here for me to look at and see how this is going. Like to Mm -hmm. see, are they getting me? Are they, is this making sense? Or am I just going to keep going hoping, Hey, I hope you're getting this. Cause yeah, I have no feedback. (laughs) It was weird, but the room was even more silent than normal from the stage. Really, and so I don't know if that's just everyone sitting there, like on their hands, like, like, oh, oh, don't mess them up. <laughs> like I don't know exactly what that was. We need those big signs that say applause, applause, or laughter, need that every week. all that stuff. That'd be fantastic. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a surprisingly, at least from stage, it seems like a surprisingly quiet crowd. Normally, yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I mean, I was, I'm grateful that Paul said that because with my ears in, and then also just being where we stand, 
I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. And I was it's, like, I guess I picked the songs that they don't know. Cause no, <laughs> no. I agree opposite. from the audience. It was much louder. That's awesome. But we've talked about how that stage, something between the chairs and the stage. No idea what that there's, is. There's a wormhole that eats all the sound. So mm-hmm. yep. it's very strange. It is. Um, but also like we, you know, are talking about Daniel. I don't know if y'all know that we're talking about Daniel. It's so weird that just two weeks of not talking about Daniel has made it almost impossible to remember exactly where we were. Right. So it like we need to we need to recap a little bit and go back and say what happened at the beginning of three again. So let's do yep. that. Okay, <laughs> they've heard me do it. Do you want to do you want to jump in a little bit? You want me to. So, oh, I, so, so three is obviously the, the statue. Right. And I think probably more importantly is, yeah, what are the concepts that I think are going to be needed to be brought back into mind that are being connected to at the end? Right. Um, because I almost think it's, it's in a larger conversation, this whole chapter needs to be drawn together. Um, because you have, yes. you have, you have chapter two, where when we talked about you, where we, at the end of chapter two, we see God as the one who can, uh, reveal the future, right? right. So he's the one who can right. reveal the future. And then reveals chapter the three yep. is he's the God who has the power to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's the one who's able to make this happen. So we have to remember that this isn't just kind of a cute little narrative that's going on between Nebuchadnezzar and these three kids and kind of, Oh, this is the end of it. No, it's a, it's a, it's actually God coming in and stripping Nebuchadnezzar um, of his power to deviate from his will. Yeah. This is, this is, God's revealed the future. Um, he knows how it's going to go. And then what Nebuchadnezzar's done is he said, now, even though you revealed, you know, these greater kingdoms and these other things, I'm going to go against that. I'm going to go, nope, it's really going to be me. I yep. am the greatest kingdom. I won't ever end. You all need to, he's trying to unify his country. Gold in all worship. day long, baby. Yeah. He's trying to unify his kingdom in worship of his God, the one God, Nebo, um, right. and not include worship of any other gods in right. this. And so he's, he's, he's been revealed what's going to happen in the future and he's choosing a different path. And what we see is we see these three kids now standing up saying again, rightly, we don't know what God's going to do with us in this. Right. We know what he can do. Um, so we're going to take what he said to do and know what he can do. And we're going to go with that. And we're not going to bow down and worship. Um, we'll stand in, in defiance and we'll accept whatever consequence comes right. our way from this. Right. Um, and then what happens is God modifies Nebuchadnezzar's ability to play that out. Right. And he says, and essentially and he orchestrates a pattern to say, you now not only don't have the power to, to do this, to punish these kids, right. I will save them from it. And then now through that act, I will cause you to then change your declaration about soul worship of Nebo. Right. And now you can throw in me as the God of God. So the God, the most high God. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar even throws down that gauntlet. Mm-hmm. What God will save you out oh, of my hands? Oh, this one. Yeah. yeah. And so he's he demands that of them. What God is going to save you from my hands? At that point, I mean, pitting himself above even his own gods, it seems like. Like, Nebo's not going to, Marduk's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, and your God sure isn't going to. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's a cool clarifier that he does that. Yeah, and it's well, I heard long ago uh, the comment of um, the reminder that God doesn't remove these children from the fire. Right. Yeah, that's he, right. And so it's actually still Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar still has the power 
that removes yeah. these kids. We're going to um, talk about. And so the fact that he they, calls them out. He calls them out. Yeah. God doesn't save them from the fire. God dwells with them in, in the, the fire. fire. That's right. And then Nebuchadnezzar. And so again, it's more like saves them from the effects of the fire. Yeah. yeah. And so Nebuchadnezzar is still has this power ordained by God, but he's having to use it only in the way that God sees right, right to use mm-hmm. a will that aligns with him. Even there's a sense in which God isn't, he's saving them from the effects of the fire, but what he's doing is saving them from Nebuchadnezzar's wrath. Yeah. And because that's what gets shut down here is Nebuchadnezzar's power and wrath in the midst of this pride. Yeah, his pride. That's that's what gets. That's the lesson here. In here is is, and it's what Nebuchadnezzar is going to come from this one with is this is a God who saves. No, no God saves like this. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. can do this kind of thing, which is what he had assumed was going to happen. No God can save you from my hand. And then, well, I mean, there's okay. I was wrong about that. There is a God who can save you from my hand. I'm actually going to say, so spoiler, I, it always strikes me as interesting that Nebuchadnezzar tells them to come out of the fire, but they, and they choose to defer to him in this, mm-hmm. but it's not like he could go in and get them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're not only are they saved from the fire, but in the fire they are safe from Nebuchadnezzar because he can't come get them in there. Like the place of his punishment actually becomes, you know, I imagine, like, you know, I love to kind of storify these things, but storyize, is that a better word? No, it's not. There's there's no, (laughs) none of these words are working. But, like, I've always imagined this, like, come on, guys, come out of the fire. Like, (laughs) please come out of the fire. Could you come out of the fire now? I want to talk to you. Oh, that's funny. We'll we'll be out there in a minute. Can you you bring out the other dude that's with you? Yeah, the fourth guy, whoever he is. Oh, probably he did not want the fourth guy coming out. No, that's that, true. That might have been scary. Well, this is, and one of the other things that we talked about that I'll bring back, and this is where I intended to go with the seniors, if this is what had been Senior Sunday, is they, again, we ended this where we ended it for a reason. We ended it where they would have experienced God can save us. But we don't know if he's going but to. But he may not. But he may not. We're not bowing. And that's that's such a big deal. Yeah. In my mind, such a big deal to say. There this is a Christianity really is, among many other things, a, a religion. The religion aspect of Christianity is a religion of principles. And this is they choose what is right. They are not responsible for the consequences of doing what is right. And we were talking about the <clears throat> They're not responsible for what, I guess, happens to them, but they take responsibility for it no matter what, I guess. I don't know how to yeah. say that that well. Like they, 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 We were talking about the differences between, you know, revolution and civil disobedience and um, being a conscientious, I said it right. You did it. Objector um, inside of, I don't, I don't know exactly where you put this inside of all of those terms. I mean, definitely not revolution. Right. Um, because they're not overthrowing government. They're right. saying we we know what the rule is. We can't do that that you're asking or telling us that we have to do because it we know it to not be correct. Right. But I mean, we'll go in the fire if that's what you say we have to do for not doing this and man. It does seem it's always seemed a little different for me <clears throat> to me from the whole uh Elijah and the prophets of Baal. 
Like, they don't say – they don't come out and try to somehow have Nebuchadnezzar executed over his bad call here. Like, mm. Nebuchadnezzar, you chose badly. We're now in charge. We're going to have you executed in the name of Yahweh. Like, there's well, none of that, that kind of stuff here. And it's a yeah. totally different setup from beginning to end. Yeah, and probably also back to the, you know, we talked about when we were talking about the parts of the statue and we were talking about why he was he was gold, the the purest, yeah. kind of most powerful, um, and some of the reasons of, like, why it only gets kind of weaker from there. Well, we even know in the very next um, regime that comes through with the Medo-Persians, one of the clear distinctions between a Medo-Persian and Nebuchadnezzar is a Medo-Persian ruler or king could not undo right. any decree previous to him. Right. Um, once he said something, he had to he had to play it out, could not change it. That apparently wasn't the case for Nebuchadnezzar. This probably, again, shows how powerful Nebuchadnezzar was, that he could actually even change yeah. and still yet be in power. It wasn't like everybody then seeks to overthrow him because <laughs> right, he right, yeah. did it wrong. Yeah, I'll, I'll, That is kind of, depending on what the timetable is here, and we know a lot of things in the Bible are kind of compressed, mm-hmm. but there is kind of a, Okay, I make this decree. This is the decree, and anyone who doesn't gets executed. And like what? Potentially fifteen or twenty minutes later, his decree is okay. okay maybe now not quite. it's absolutely necessary for people to worship this god too. Sometimes, like, mm-hmm. so I just said, no one you can worship nothing. This is what you're going to worship. You're going to worship this. When we make that. Well, I mean, except for this other thing. It's it is way amazing to consider. Well, I mean, we've already seen him relent with uh, with Daniel and that he was going to have everybody executed, and Daniel's like, just give me a little bit of time. <clears throat> and I think that that is a key concept, especially even I think a lot of men can relate to um, with Nebuchadnezzar, is Nebuchadnezzar here again is corrected from a place of fury and anger. Yeah, yeah, it is um, amazing. He gets angry and then and acts mm. wrongly in his yeah. anger and then faces correction. Yeah, we're not good at that as a as a sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe no one is, but I feel like we're kind of infamous for being worse about it. There's I don't know. I, f- I feel like I'm really good at being able to... Call Lori real quick. No, real don't quick. do it. Don't, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> she knows better. <laughs> yeah, that's that actually, I've said before, that's probably the challenge of... Why it's easier for us to pray probably in front of a church full of people than just with our wives mm-hmm. is because she she has seen us angry. She's seen us in a bad mood. She's seen us grumpy. She's seen us pouting. Ten minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so. Ooh, that's an interesting it, prayer that you just prayed. Do you realize what you just said? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Were you listening to your prayer? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a there's a power in that. You know, that's that's a good, I had not put anything in about the concept of masculine anger, but I think it's worthwhile mentioning in the sermon, uh, at least conceptually, yeah. the way that, I mean, because it is, and it'd be a good, it'd be a good little Hebrew word study here, the idea of filled with fury. Like I already looked up the, that his face was changed, that, I, that his, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's that countenance concept. His, his, he was looking at them probably with kind of like, I know, I know y'all didn't get this. You must have missed it. Or maybe you didn't, but, but now's the, you know, okay, we're, we're good. Because he, he seems to like them. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, they may have been his advisors at this point for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so maybe 19, according to one tradition. But, <clears throat> you know, he's, he, did, he wasn't thinking this was. And then when they just, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I mean, the filled with fury and his face is just contorted, twisted. 
I mean, they have, they may have been at the at the staff meetings where he talked about what he was about to do, and not said anything. Oh my gosh! Until yeah. it was time. I mean, that was just it's not like they didn't know this thing angry. was being built, right? They didn't come up to him before and say, "We're not doing it." Do you think he's surprised? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think he's like he was building it? Yeah, and they're like, "This is a cool statue." I mean, empires build statues. That's yeah, cool. No big deal. So that's a cool. Wow, he's putting gold all over it. That's amazing. That's a beautiful statue. That's amazing. Oh, and it's. But now I need y'all to worship, worship it. Worship it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was a line there. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, bud. Man, we like your statue, but we we don't like it that much. Neat statue, not not bowing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I remember a long time ago, and this was probably just a sermon that was on it. Uh a preacher say that the that the hottest thing in this chapter is Nebuchadnezzar, not the not furnace. the furnace. Yeah, yeah. And I do think I think that there's mm. a, there's a a tie in there, and especially with I the totally seven agree. seven times mm-hmm. hotter, and and how that's more again probably a, a a statement not actually of measurable seven times. Hotter. No, they wouldn't have done that. Right. But as hot as it can get, you know, type yeah. thing. And I and I think that that is well hotter than it can get. Like that. I mean, that's. It, the the effects of uh, can you imagine i mean we've all been by fires and campfires and big fires and stuff like that but can you imagine being by a fire enclosed that getting close to it will kill you yeah and and probably even again this is nebuchadnezzar being so lost in his rage that he's not even probably thinking clearly because if you really wanted to hurt them you'd probably tell them to make it seven yeah. times cooler cooler right so exactly got be tortured in this this was an instantaneous death that was coming in there but yep. yeah and this he, is this is nebuchadnezzar in his full rage yep. irrational rage irrational yeah. rage yeah i totally agree and i think that i agree i was going to actually part of what i have in the notes is that it, it this, this this fire represents his anger and i think it's intended to that's what he's mm-hmm. saying wants <clears> to say i want this seven times hotter and seven's a special number to the babylonians just like it was to the jews but oh really it's a because there was se- they believe there were seven planets and each planet had its own god and there were the seven gods and well like there's closer to seven planets than what I grew up with. <laughs> you heard about Pluto, right? That's messed up. <laughs> That's not a planet anymore. Yeah. I'd, I'd heard some people were put, fighting to have it pushed put back in. They should because that's I mean, that's messed now. up. Yep. That's Pluto. I know. Poor it. guy. I'm sure he's disappointed. He should it's be. It's a dog. It's not a guy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. It's a dog. <laughs> we, we all have young daughters. Um, so here's a <clears throat> here's what these men meant to me. So until I discovered the mighty men um, in First Chronicles 11, 2 Samuel 23, these three guys were my tough, awesome, bad-to-the-bone expression of masculinity in the Bible when I was a kid. Mm. Of all of the biblical people, mm. These guys struck me as the most, like, until I learned about the Mighty Men. I mean, the way this was portrayed to me, one, it's a little disappointing to me to realize they probably were closer to 30 by this point. We don't know, but they probably weren't little kids anymore. They're probably adult men. But um, but still, the idea of drawing this type of line in the sand and then standing by it, it has that same feel of, you know, the guys in the Alamo drawing the line and going, We're who's not staying and who's going, and or the Spartan, the three hundred Spartans, like it has that same feel to it of me of, or a, or a Martin Luther. Here I stand, I can, I can do, do no, no other. Else. I mean, it's like 
there's something about this expression that, especially as a young man, struck me as an incredible expression of strength. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is such strength to stand up to a king. And I didn't know the no one had done the history. The more I've learned, the only the more impressive it got. But it's always struck like what would I be able to stand up to a to a teacher who is telling me to, you know, I, I had a student who, you know, when he was asked to read, when he was told in class to read. Uh, Catcher in the Rye said, I, th- I don't think that's a healthy book for me to read. Uh, you know, my as a Christian, I think it's not appropriate for me to do that. And I don't need to be exposing myself to that kind of material. And and and, and he was, by the way, valedictorian. Hmm. And if the teacher had decided to give him a zero, he was going to take it. He was going to take, the, he zero. Was take the zero. And and it was a project. I mean, it would have he would have no longer been valedictorian of his big school and Fort Worth, and if I'm remembering the story correctly, and well, here's what's wild. The other thing that's teachable to young people about this was this young man is a, he was an excellent student, a very respectful student, handled it very respectfully, and so the teacher gave him a different assignment, a more difficult assignment, but a different right. one. If he'd been a slap kid who had never mm-hmm. turned in work, the teacher would have been like, yeah, I don't, I have no, I don't care, I don't have any patience for you, you're not a, and this has the same feel to me, is that these, these three, these three men are going, they've been good servants, good workers, and yet but still Nebuchadnezzar just cannot handle it. Yeah, and I I think you're right. I think it's to contrast Nebuchadnezzar's fury, we constantly run into these Hebrews with tact, wisdom, patience, calmness. Like they're doing this very well, very respectfully. Yep. I mean, we've got that back in one when he's talking even to the the Ariok, the the guard, um, and he's saying with tact, I don't yep. want to eat this food. You know, here Nebuchadnezzar in two has made this claim for um, all these wise men to be put to death where we should see Daniel in panic or with fear or yep. um, with objection to this. He's mm. he's calm. He's respectful. He approaches the king, oh, high most king. Like he, he has respect intact. And yet again, here these boys do it again. In response to Nebuchadnezzar losing all control, they are the most in control. That's isn't that fascinating because he's the one who's supposed to be in control of life and death here, mm-hmm. but in the end, he's not even in control of his own temper. Yeah, that's a which is a dangerous. That's a powerful lesson. Yeah, place to be. Mm-hmm. It's a, also a good reminder as men. Yeah, that's a teachable. I'm typing right now. Those <laughs> Type, of you, those of you who listen to this before Sunday are getting a preview. This is going to come up again. It will be on the test. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Very cool. I, I love this story. It's going to be uh, great to uh, talk about it again on Sunday, and it's going to be great to be able to worship together again um, with some of you, and we are so looking forward to it and, and have been, um, you know, ever since we started down this path of trying to figure out what uh, how, to, how to get back to normal slowly um and safely and all that so we're we're super excited about that we've also got a new um plan for um wednesday nights coming up wednesday nights are going to be um during the summer going to be a time to hear from some of the staff and maybe a few other people we'll we'll kind of figure that out as we uh, go through it but it's that's going to be a lot of fun and I'm I'm excited to start that here in a little bit, but um, we we also are probably going to be um, dropping this podcast earlier in the week, 
we didn't we didn't really talk about that before we started recording this one but just to give you all a heads up um i know some of you have already uh, asked us to to maybe release this a little bit earlier because friday is too late to catch it before the next sunday mm-hmm. so um just uh, if you've got your podcast set up to to auto um whatever you call it deliver deliver thank you <laughs> auto deliver then then you'll probably see it earlier if not we'll we'll let you know next week when when it's going to be coming out but um looking forward to to seeing y'all in person very soon and uh yeah thanks for joining us